Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DOC, the Diggy Diggy motherfucking doc. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy Z, man. What up, dog? This is E-Shot. This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This your boy DJ Paul KOL for 360 Young Busy Bone. Vice World. This your man Mastermind the Hell Razor. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you're listening to me on the Murder Master Music Show. Kind of grooves, just straight a straight driving groove at y'all. I didn't want to do too much, 
and put like wicked horns behind it. You know, original, like I said, like like more like the blueprints of what G Funk, the basis of G Funk always was, hip hop, funk, soul, you know, that kind of thing. So the boogeyman kind of gives you all of that, but a dark version of it, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you guys laced it up for sure. Um, now, those those listening to the show right now obviously know uh, uh, what G-Funk is, who created it. But for the few that don't know, break down the origins of G-Funk. Go ahead, Cole. Well, it, it, you know, the origins of it? Or you mean just like the whole premise of what it's all about? Like the whole... Um, Sonically, you know, what G-Funk, what G-Funk always has to be, it has to be hardcore melody, you know, and it has to be hardcore rhymes or, you know, um, something that kind of bridges like funk and soul and, and um, things of that nature. When you're looking at it, it's not, you know, the, the funny thing about what we, what we learned about G-Funk, like a lot of people think it's like, oh, if you have talk box on it, it's G-Funk. No, that's not really it. You know, it, it could have an origin of jazz if it's dark and groovy and funky and it's got a groove to it. You know, depending on what instruments that I would use sonically, you know, would make it G-Funk, really. You know what I mean? Because I can take, like on a new album, we've taken all kind of fusions of different music from rock to, you know, to soul music to classical music and put like a deep, dark groove to it. And that's really what makes it G-Funk. Even if it's happy, it has to have a mean groove to it. You know what I mean? So... So say, for instance, if we're working on, you know, a lighter sounding record, you know, it's still going to have a light sound to it, but it's still going to have a deep groove. You feel what I'm saying? So that's kind of like what the origins of G-Funk is. It's not one, it's not the particular synthesizer you use, because me, when I first started out, I used a lot of different synthesizers, you know. Um, It wasn't one particular one, but what it is is when you're taking things that sound like a siren, that sound like a whistle, and putting it on like a hard, hard melody, dropping it, dropping it over a hard melody, that what makes it sonically sound like G phone, you know. Then when you put the singing on top of it, like me, Cocaine, and KMG used to do when we first originated the sound with Above the Law, that's what made it be, you know, what it is today. What everybody integrated their sound into. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you guys were the yeah. first. And it's become such a popular sound. Um, like I said, uh, Snoop was heavily influenced by it. But I didn't know I that Warren was staying with you guys. And I didn't know that Snoop, yeah. uh, you guys were actually going to put Snoop out through Above the Law at one point in time. Right. I had right. no idea right. about that. Yeah, before Death Row had formed, you know, before Death Row had formed, um, we, were, we, we were trying to develop Snoop at, at Ruthless, but, you know, when everything broke apart, because Warren, actually, he was around us when we were doing Living Like Hustlers. Um, and then when we were doing Black Mafia Life, he had, he started bringing Snoop around. And um, we, we were going to actually start working with Snoop after Black Mafia Life, which is the first the first record that was really like an introduction of G-Phone. And he brought Snoop around and Nate Dogg around. They were actually forming, they were actually formed at TMZ at the time. And um, what happened was is when Dre left and and and, um, and uh, him and Shook started him Shook and Doc started Death Row. Um, we got, we kind of got like shuffled all shuffled apart because at one time we were all like one thing we were all one unit you know what I mean all of us was on the same 
you know, same playing ground. And yeah. um, and so so I, um, in the in the process of that, he introduced something that they were doing as two one three to Dr. Dre. You know, Dre came, Dre doubled back on me. And he said, yeah, I know you was, you was working with that kid. Should I sign him? He asked me, asked, Dre actually asked me, you know, whether he should sign Snoop or not, you know. So, and so that's the story right there. They come through above the law, you know, just as like cocaine came through above the law. A lot of people don't know that either. They think he comes through Snoop, but he actually, his origins is through, through above the law. And he's one of the members who created the sound of G-Funk, see, the thing that I always tell them, you know, KMG, rest in peace, shout out DJ Cal, yeah. Laylaw, you know, shout out Go Mac with the sack, you know what I mean, and, you know, rest of the pimp clinic. You know, with those guys were the guys who, when I wanted to do, because I, mean, I created the fusion of G-Funk to be different than NWA, basically, you know, yeah. because we were on the song, same label, Easy was like, oh, you know, we coming like this, y'all kind of more funky, like that. So I took that, I took those notes. And I was like, well, I'm going to go deep, deep funk. And I started deep funking, and it was it was Cocaine and KMG, you know, who sonically wanted to get in the car with me and do it. And then the rest of, the, rest of the guys in Above the Law, as the writers, you know, um, came, we all came together like Voltron, and we created that sound. You know, Goonies singing. We were the first dudes doing, like, that Goonies sound and singing on records. We, You know, because since we were an underground group, a highly successful underground group, you know, um, and the time that we came out, we didn't get all that shine. It kind of broke ground once the chronic was developed, which the chronic was developed after we done Black Mafia Life. Those records, we done Niggas for Life, and then we did Black Mafia Life. Together, we did those records at the same time. When the clicks broke up, Dre liked what I was doing, and, and he was highly influenced in what I was doing, so we integrated a lot of that sound into the chronic, you know. So did Warren when he broke yeah. off because Warren was wellness like that. So it, all of it, and, and Snoop was influenced by it. So all of it comes from the origins of that, you know. And and that's how that's how all that came together like a whole play because we were just the guys who, who stayed underground. We believed in the underground. We believed in hardcore. But at that time, hip-hop out for us hadn't broke pop yet. Y'all realize it hadn't broke pop. Chronic was like one of the first hardcore records that broke pop. Well, they have an influence of G-Funk on it, and that's how it took off. You know, shout out Dr. Dre, too. You know, he put us in the game. Him and E put us in the game. So, you know what I mean? So we, we, we highly, we, we, we were excited that, you know, we were able to be a part of that. But the thing that we have a big problem with is, like, the media overlooks above the law and cocaine for actually being the people who ushered that in, the orchestrators of it, the, you know, the architects of it, you know. So we lead up to AOGF now, you know what I mean, the architects of G-Funk. And I, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because uh, the media likes to create their own narratives of who started Absolutely. this or who started right. that, and um, it shouldn't be that way. Uh, the album that's no. coming up is called We Have Returned. Uh, when when right. are you dropping the album? We're looking at what September, right? Yeah, Before. we're looking at late August to September, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when it comes, man, we really did our homework, brother. We just dug back into our our roots, you know what I mean? Yep. And it's you know we gotta you gotta you gotta realize this is a new funk and soul hip hop band, so we are actual band. Yep. And um, yeah, we got, some goodies. we got some goodies for you. Sonically, when you hear what we're doing, 
it's more of a band feel, but it's just as hard as anything I've produced with Above the Law. I produced 14 tracks. Cocaine did like a phenomenal job lyrically, the pen, everything is off the chain. We didn't we didn't leave no stone unturned, but we our approach is more of a music approach than overall. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's not and it's not just that one genre where I mean lyrically we, we went crazy on it, you know what I'm saying? You know, sonically it's more of a band feel, but you will feel that it's it's next level of what we we say we say is G Funk the new era. You know what I mean? So yeah. taking us to another level with it. You know, it, it's it's like we don't like to say that. Oh, we going. We like to say we've evolved with the sound. The sound has evolved to a whole other level. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's crazy is Easy E by telling you guys, you know, we sound like this. You know, maybe you should sound differently. Inadvertently, he kind of helped uh, mm-hmm. motivate a little bit of the G Funk himself. Not even knowing. Absolutely. Yeah, because he was a more, you know, easy, easy. The good, great thing about easy was, like, say, for instance, like, you know, when I first had bought cocaine um, to Ruthless, he was like, you know, do this kind of like this and do this kind of like that. He said, well, how are you going to put that lightning in the bottle? But when I put it in, in the bottle, he was like, okay, let's let's run with it. Let's run the play. He never was a person that was like, because it was different than what he was doing, he didn't back it. You know what I mean? He never, yeah. he always championed dude being different. So for me, when I was trying, when I was, when he said that, it's like, yeah, you know, you, you know, because he said he he want two, he wanted two major groups like in, in in the history of rock and roll. If you say he wanted the Beatles and the Rolling Stones at the same label, that's how he looked at N.W.A. and above the law. You know what I mean? So he said you got to have your own sound. Although we ushered, we came in, we had our own sound. We're living like hustle. You like stay on that. You know. Don't try to be. Don't try to fit in. Don't try to fit in to what's going on, you know. Or try to be like us. Try to be like y'all because that's what he wants. So he championed that, you know. Anything I bought, he championed that. It's funny, you know. Shout out to Bone Thug. I remember when Bone came to the label at that time. I was easy, easy liaison. He was like, yeah, they kind of do this, they kind of do that. It's like they kind of sing and rap. I'm like, oh, okay, well, they're really. A, he's like really sing. I was like, okay, that sounds cool. You know what I mean? I got to hear how it play out. And look how brilliant it was. And he backed their play on it. He, he didn't say, like, oh, I want them to be like like us, like what we were doing at the time, because we was winning at the time. You know, all our all, – Rupert's had a lot of success at that point. Even after yeah. – even if you look at even after Dre and them left, you know, we still had a lot of success, you know. Platinum flag, Yeah, so when, so when he bought in – because we had our biggest record after after he left, so – which was, you know, which was Uncle, Uncle Sam's curse. So, but when he said that, it reminded me of what he told me before, like how he's like, man, just do you, man. I, I'm trying to, I want you to do you. I'm going to back your play. And he always did, you know. It didn't matter if it wasn't what he thought it should be or what it, it was all about you doing you and I'm going to back your play. Because he, he respected, easy respected talent. You know what I mean? Believe it or not, he'll, he'll tell you, he'll be like, man, I ain't no rapper. I'm just a good idea that works. You know what I mean? So <laughs> he never considered, he said, y'all the ones who, who make this shit work like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that's how visionary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. What was your first impression of Easy Cocaine? You were just a, a young kid meeting this, this platinum rapper from Compton. Well, shoot, I, I heard him, you know, uh, Boys in the Hood, you know, the posse, is, you know, in 87 and yeah. 88. And, you know, that's when I reconnected 
with, with my cousin, and I go, you know, it happened in Pomona, California. I go walk in, like, you know, 88, 89, and I see Hutch, you know, with a group called Bubba Law. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I see the numbers at the bottom, you know, the old school when they had the numbers at the bottom. And I was yeah. like, oh, they with that dude easy. Because <laughs> I was like, you know, when I heard easy, you know, I like Pooh, King T, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, uh, uh, Mixed Master Spade. But when I heard them, you know, I heard NWA, I was like, oh, that's that, that's that shit. But mm-hmm. when I found out my cousin Hutch was Code 187, <laughs> blew my mind, my dog. And it was like, and Hutch told me, you know, at that time I was called Jay Golden. <laughs> Jay Golden. My grandmother named me that because I got funny color eyes. So that's, yeah. that's what Granny did. Rest, rest in peace. But I seen he was with Easy, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so he took me in the room, Hutch, and said, man, you know, we doing this hardcore shit. You know, shit that they've been doing. Right. But things evolved. Yeah. Hold on right there, guys. Somebody's trying to call me in the middle of this thing. Oh, that's Hold okay. On. No idea. Yeah, yeah, no but, yeah, but things evolved, so I did a three-song demo with Hutch and Pomona. Yeah. And uh, at that time, of course, was with uh, Laylaw, who had a production company called Lawhouse Production. Hey, shout out Laylaw. Shout yeah. out to Laylaw. So we signed through that, and Hutch and Laylaw took my demo to Easy and you know, Easy felt, you know, the same way Hutch felt because, you know, in my humble opinion, I think, you know, I don't care who your greatest basketball star is. Just take Kobe and, and Jordan. Everybody needs to feel Jackson. Hutch is my yeah. Phil Jackson. So when he introduced me, I got a chance to meet Easy, and Easy just fell in love with the sound and yeah. fell in love even more with the direction that Hutch was bringing to the table because Hutch was already there, man. You got to remember. Easy took us the the only NWA tour they had in London. Yeah, we was like young, like like damn, this was like living like hustles was out. Yeah. We were already working on our stuff, so mm-hmm. it just it just drew us closer. And just Easy was one of a kind, man. He was something to learn from. So much wisdom, so much charisma, calmness, practical joker. But he yeah. gave a fuck, you know. Everybody mm-hmm. liked to speculate and interpret. Interpolate to where it should be, but right. we were disciples of Easy, like really in the paint with him, and, yep. it, and it felt good that he never made you feel like a two dollar bill. He mm-hmm. made you feel like, hey, we on the same level, my dude. If it's funky, and I'm running with that shit. Yep. And see, mm-hmm. Easy yep. gave a fuck about his people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's the foundation. It was crazy. Um, shout out amazing. to homie Sergio and uh, the Disciples of E project that he put out. You guys, yeah, of course, yeah, were on that. Very dope yeah, project. Man. You know, he's one of the people that helped yeah, keep his name alive when um, yeah. you didn't hear much about him no more. You know, there was a period right. you could, yeah, I think, you know, he sparked the website was a down. Times, a lot of times what happens in, in, in nowadays, what people don't know is, is the greatest thing back then was you didn't have all of these outlets. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when someone said they sold platinum, double platinum back then, that's like defying the laws of gravity, you know? And what easy, what we all were doing at a young age, early teenagers, early adults, we were selling multi-platinum records with no radio, with no, you know, 
hundreds and hundreds of thousands of radio uh, record sales with no radio. So that's stuff that people can't even do now with with a social media tool or you know with with technology how it is now. We had to bang we had to bang that pavement. You had to follow them tour buses. You had to do those those um, domino parties and those uh, shady clubs and you know and all that in order to just get recognized. You know for real for real. You had to do, you had to go to the high schools and the colleges and beat you know beat the heat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's you know, it's for easy to reach those levels that he reached at that time. That was an incredible feat. You know what I mean? So we have to give it up to Easy E, no matter what, because he came up at a time that where even out on the West Coast, it wasn't a lot going on for us on the West Coast. So yeah. we have to give it up to him. We we have to give it up to him as being the Godfather of, of West Coast rap, gangster rap, whatever you you know whatever you want to call it, because it used to be reality rap because. He was the person that that made everybody look at us serious in business in quality music, you know. At, before that, it's kind of like they looked at us like, oh yeah, it's that fast space music or whatever it was. Because back then it wasn't a lot and, until like the King T's came and Ice T. Shout out to Ice T. You know what I mean? All those things. But Easy, when Easy so, came, more when Easy came, he had a plan to make it be like a powerhouse situation. Ruthless was a powerhouse in 1989. It had the DOC. Shout out to DOC, one of the greatest rappers yeah. that ever that ever rapped. You know what shout I mean? Shout out to JJ Fad. Yeah, shout out to JJ Fad because they the ones who they the ones who built the they built the label. You know what I mean? So they they, they opened the doors. They kicked the doors down. You know what I mean? So so for us, Michelle A. So for us, if you look at that roster from JJ Fad all the way up to above the lawn, cocaine, that's a powerful roster between between 1988. Up to ninety one, ninety two. Yeah. Look at that yeah. roster. Look at that roster. Just look at that roster. NWA, Above the Law, Easy E, at Cocaine, Michelle A. BG Knockout. Yeah, BG Knockout and the Great Zone. Zone Crazy. Yeah, what people take for what people take for granted is that small little beginning that we had before those people that Coca just named. We already was a powerhouse. Right. Yeah. When right. when people when people wouldn't wouldn't consider powerhouses in hip hop, you talking about hardcore hip hop. You know, Michelle A comes before Mary J. Blige. She was the first yeah. thing over hip hop music. That's no disrespect to Mary, you know what I mean? But well, I'm, you guys I'm you guys um were the first to do a lot of things. And what was cool about it, you started off, you know what I'm saying, uh, with that roster. And when um, when Cube and Dre uh, left and everything, you guys were still there with Easy with that other roster. You know what I'm right. saying? So when the, the you guys got to witness all the success both times. You know? There you go. And people, and people say, too, I'll say this before I go to the song, people say that... Uh, or you know the, the movie or whatever they try to portray Easy in a, a different way. Bone just went uh, what was so like four million records. He just sold yeah. uh, with it's on went double platinum. So I mean uh, Ruthless was still getting uh, a huge. Line was huge at the time. So our main roster was uh, was cooking still. We still was cooking, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like you said, Black Superman, Funk Upon the Rhyme. I mean, um, uh, yeah. a lot of stuff was coming through Ruthless, you know, right. uh, for a long time. 
Um, let's give him this song, The Boogeyman. If you're listening to this show right now, it's out. It's available everywhere. Please go get it. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, who, now, did, did you guys both sit down and, and do the production together on this? Or? Oh, you know, it's, it's me. It's just me. It's my Quincy. Quincy did that. Uh, Quincy, Quincy yeah. 87 Quincy 87 yeah. hey, hey man that's that's a good comparison right there brother We'll be right back yeah, with the original Z-Funk This is the Boogeyman Oh it burns Oh it We have returned Anyone else funking under the G is under false pretense. Damn, no, my pedigree is just a G of me. It looks so naturally. You cannot fuck with me. Motherfucker, make the boogeyman. Oh, I don't know about that. 
Never that. We always we always do. He was always the architect. Okay, my bad, my bad. Um, never was. People say that we that we originators of it. That's like a phrase that people say. But yeah, we always been the architects of G funk. You know. You know, it just have more range with you know architects. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, We got we got the caller, the homie Sim from France, who's in Switzerland. I don't know how long he can stand, oh, but he's got a couple quick questions for each of you guys. Right. Send you there, brother. All right. Yes, yes. Hi, Scott. Hi, uh, legendary Caldwell Seville and Cocaine. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got some questions. Yeah. Um, Caldwell Seville, how it was to, to work with uh, Dr. Dre for a murder rap song? Uh, I mean, the, um, on Loving Like Hustlers album. And the impact of this song was huge worldwide. Can you tell us about this one? Well, what a cool thing, you know, yeah. I, I, I done murder rap, I done murder rap as a, it was a demo I done, it was always complete. Um, what mm-hmm. I did, because, you know, um, Living Like Hustlers was 85% done when I brought it to Ruthless Records. Um, all me and Dre did, because since I did everything at an 8-track and a 16-track studio, he just took everything and we bumped it up. So I came in with him, I brought my crates in, I resampled everything into the um, SP, and... Um, we just bumped it up to 24 track, and you know, it basically it followed my whole scale of everything, and then you know that's how it happened. Because me and Cam G wrote Murder Rap to, I think we was like, well, we like just got out of high school or something. Like I wrote the record when I was in high school. I didn't record it until maybe like two years later. But when I recorded it, it was the actual demo that actually got us the deal. So we kept all we kept like seven, maybe seven to eight songs from the demo. And all me and Dre did is went in and just bumped it up to a 24 track. We just brought every all of all of the actual <clears throat> sounds and everything and brought them into a bigger studio. So that's how that came together. Living like hustlers was already primarily done, you know. Yeah, and that song was very hypnotic, very entertaining, you know. I did murder rap. I, I wanted it to be kind of. Um, kind of something that scared the shit out of everybody, but at the same time made you listen to our lyrics and then KMG, rest in peace. My brother, he just had that deep sinister voice, so it just made it all complete, you know? Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, Cole187, uh, that baseball bat at the New Music Seminar scared the shit out of everybody. Oh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 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 You got a song also. You got a song also very deep. It was promised me from the album Legends. Can you tell us about this one? How to go with the production and the deep message into it? So, um, what record off of Legends? Which one? Oh, uh, pr- promise me. So, oh, promise, promise me. Yeah, promise me. You yeah, know, yeah, crazy thing about yeah. promise me. You know, that's a that's a Luther Vandross record. You know, me and Cam G was in a strip club one night, and we was listening. We was we was we was um, um, working on on um, legends, and um, like yeah. man, some way we can do like some Luther shit, you know. And I said, okay, I think so. So I went home. I went out to my house and I composed, you know, the original record, but in in a rendition of Above the Law Field. So that's how that came about. And then you know where we was gonna get a guy to sing like how Luther would sing promise me you always be there all that we decided to get a female to make it sound more wicked you know what i mean so 
the whole record, you know, the Legends record, the Legends record was originally, what people don't know, was originally going to be produced by me and Isaac Hayes. So wow. when I was developing it, I was developing it. I was I used to talk to Uncle Isaac Hayes, rest in peace, every day, and he would like, we go through car progressions, we go through a lot of different stuff, and he kind of, he kind, I kind of took his theory from like, um, walk on, you know, like his Hot Buttered Soul album, and that's how I created Legends, really. You know what I mean? So that's why it sounds. It's really melodic, but a lot of stuff is kind of still, still um, um, like metal, hardcore sounding. You know, and that's how we did it. I took that same theory and created Promise Me, but that's a Luther Vandross record to cover. Yeah. And the, yeah. the introduction, you, you put a French movie, too, at the intro. You put yeah. um, <laughs> It was dope, too, <laughs> coming Thank from you. France, too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Cocaine, t- tell us about this song Aftermath to do with uh, Above the Low uh, on the album Funk and Paul Rhyme. It was a classic, too. It was a, a dope song. Tell us about this uh, one. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was. Uh, we had yeah. several names Pimp Plenty, HBC, yeah. and one of our names was called, you know, Aftermath. Yep. Yeah. And, right. you know, when me, me and Hutch orchestrated that project, we wanted to do something different from my 1991 Ruthless release, Who Am I? Yeah. It was totally different. Because when you hear that particular project, Funk of Rhyme, it has, that is really like a hardcore, raw and uncut G-Funk album. Yeah, that's the blueprints. Yeah. yeah. And Hutch will tell you uh, that, that was actually some of the blue, well, majority of the blueprints to Uncle Sam's Curse. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That that yeah, whole album. So, you know that whole that whole at that time, we were light year grooving. You know what I mean? We're definitely influenced by by you know uncles and pops, and yeah. they come from music backgrounds. But yeah. we were just you know the universe was just taking us somewhere else, brother. And um, it was crazy, man. You know that funk upon a rhyme still to this day. Is is one of the most memorable albums by Cocaine. Oh yeah. You know, also along with you know Uncle Sam's Curse. So those was crazy times, man. You know, back then it was yeah. incredible, man. Yeah. Yeah. You, you was a lot inspired by by Bootsy Collins and George Clinton, but are you inspired also by Bobby Womack and Willie Hutch type of song oh. too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, my father, Jerry Buddy Long, senior, Uncle Willie Yeah, Hutch, yeah, 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 Richard. right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, 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 um, we have the cheat code, man. Music was embedded in our 23 chromosomes, you did. Yep. This is how we yeah. used to get down. So, you know, we fell in love with music when we came out the womb. You know what I'm saying? It was right. just one of those things. But, you know, we lived in, you know, those suppressed environments. Some people call them ghettos, and it kind of like, you know, reflected a lot in our music. Even at, in the early 80s, we were always touching on social conscious messages, kind of like street reporting, mm-hmm. you know, way back then because we learned it so well. Like when you look at Uncle Willie Hutch, that man did something so much, much incredible that, you know, you know hip-hop to this day thinks, Doing those records like I Choose You and Brothers mm-hmm. Gonna Work It Out. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, we, we are we are very, me and Hutch, we come from that legacy 
and that's what architecture defunct stand for. It just don't stand for, okay, yeah, we had a 30-plus ride. No, it, it stands for it was an incredible sound that we had no idea that it influenced the world just like T-Funk did. Now, right. T-Funk is everywhere. So it's also attached to simply to the, leg- the legacy that we share in our, our forefathers, our uncles, our pops. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know what I mean? All those incredible <laughs> records. You talk about Jerry Buddy Long, my father, mm-hmm. who, who was behind Just My Imagination for The Temptation, Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Yep. So, you know, at the that end of song. the story, yeah, at the end of the story, we are simply here to do one thing. Absolutely. Give this God-given talent and good energy to the world and make them feel good and make them inspired because a lot of times, you know, we are here to do one simple thing, man. And a lot of times we forget that. But we, we, me and my cousin, Code 187, have been privileged to still be relevant you know, we're not just living in the past. We're educating people because people people want to hear reality. You know, uh-huh. people people get tired of getting duped all the time and, you know, propaganda. No, yeah. when you hear the architect of G-Funk, that's the real deal. Holy feel when it comes to G-Funk music and origins and just simply make people funk again. Yeah, and it's a feel, you know, it's a feel, it's a feeling it's not, it, it, you know, you, you're going to feel something on the record. You're not going to, just like those records that my man is talking about, it was a feeling that people got when we made those records. So, you know, when, when you're talking about being influenced by a Willie Hutt, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, anytime you hear when I'm producing, if you got horns and guitars on it, that's my influence of Willie Hutch and, and my dad, Richard Hutch. You know what I mean? So I realize, I, you know, when I'm composing I'm composing with them in mind. That's like he, like Coco said, that's the DNA. But when we're talking about hip hop, hip hop was our mark in doing and not being imitators, but being innovators and in, in elevating and in, in, you know growing from what our father brought here. You know, and as long in, in their colleagues as well. So we have a lot. You know, we have a lot of responsibility when it comes to music. You know, when it comes to what we're doing, we have a lot of responsibility when it comes to all those. All of our ancestors, all of our forefathers, up to everybody that all our colleagues, and up to now, what we're doing right now—that's what really what yeah. the G Funk is about. Yeah. It, even even rolled out with our children because we have children that are now, you know, taking up the same things we did. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's a blessing Generation. to see our children. Yeah, it's a blessing to see Code One Eighty Seven. And my children be like, yeah, we young architects of G Funk. Right, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep it because going. Because we really believe, yeah. we really believe the sound. We really believe the sound is a, is a. It's not. It wasn't a fad. It's a sound that 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 can that's generational. You know what I mean? It's a subgenre, basically. That's a that's gen, it, it bridges generations. You know, we don't we we never believed it was like a fad. Like if you say like, oh yeah, well that was this. Everybody used to dance like this. Ours was about making people feel a certain way, good, um, reminisce, uh, go deep in your bag, feel feel mad, whatever you – that's what our music was always about. It was, it's generational, you know. It never was for the times. It was, it, was, it, was, it was of the times, but it was timeless, you know. Yeah. And yeah. one thing, too, I want to say, uh, Cocaine, man, props to you. You don't get enough credit for this. You're the most featured artist. 
uh, of all time. I mean, that, that's, that's something that doesn't get talked about enough. Man, I, I appreciate that, man. But, I, you know, I can contribute that, you know, because I've always been a team player. But I can contribute that to my cousin, Cole 187, you know, and Easy e and Dr. Dre back when they didn't want to say cocaine on the radio. They was like, shit, well, shit, fuck the radio. We're going to put you on these records. Hutch, yep. Hutch put me on these records. Yep. And I didn't think about being on more features. You know, first of all, I had kids, so I had to increase my hustle to make sure I fed them. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, Hutch challenged me. Code 187 challenged me because he said, I think you can do this, 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 this. And then I came back the next day and did exactly what he said I could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I can contribute that, you know, you know. about cocaine that people got to understand about him, he understands one thing. He understands what people feel. When he come in there, he going to give you what people going to feel. That's mm-hmm. a yes. You know what I mean? He's not going mm-hmm. to come you in, in there and give you what's trendy. He going to come in there and give you something that's going to create a trend. Yeah. And that's the brilliant <laughs> And it's a blessing, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I have children, Hutch have children. And that's what the the, the beauty about life is, is that when you become an elder, when you become, you know, you live a little longer and God have grace on you, you're able to inspire these kids the right way. Because we'll never have the mentality to put a sack in their hands, more to put some game in their hands if they're willing to pay attention. And, and it's like, you know, nowadays you got to be on your grown man business because they need an uncle like Hutch or uncle mm-hmm. like Kofi. They're mm-hmm. saying, okay, you know, we're not sending mixed signals to to people out there, and we don't judge nobody. But what we do, we from like old folks, man. We're mm-hmm. going to tell it like it is, and we ain't going to tell it like it's not. Yep. We're going to tell it like it is. And yep. I think that's a big reflection on the next generation. You know what I mean? Because... Mm-hmm. You know, Pete, you know, you can go to a WWF wrestling match all day. But at the end of the day, what threw me off at the age of 13, I found out those moves are planned. The choreograph. You know, it's not like it's choreograph. It's not like MMA. You yeah. know, both the law and cocaine, AOGF is giving you the MMA of G-Funk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. Good, good way of putting it. Um, um, cocaine, can, can you tell us about this song Bob featuring Sibo on the album they call me Mr. Cannon? Sibo was very hard at time, very graphic lyrics. Can you tell us about this, this collaboration with Sibo? Uh, which songs? I got several. Collabs. It's called Mob right of uh, They Call Me Mr. Kane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was uh, through a project called Street Institute. And. Um, yeah, that's family right there, you know. We've been knowing each other, you know, for about 29, 30 years, and I always liked his style and invited him on the project, you know, along with Spice One, Short Chop, uh, Too Short, and some more cats on it. And it just, you know, it it, it came out like it was supposed to, man. It's, it's one of those albums that he was a part of that people to this day still bring up, so... I'm very glad we, you know, was able to mix it up because we definitely developed a friendship or brotherhood over the years. And, you know, Sebo can call us for anything. He, you know, I feel the same way about the brother, too. He's a hell of a Yeah, he, he's a solid, real individual, put it like that. And when you're in the studio 
mixing it up with him, you know what I'm saying? He'll just match your energy, and he go yeah. hard. He go hard all the time. That's fam, man. See, oh, yeah. no doubt. That's another one that doesn't get the credit because, you know, Absolutely. he was locked up yeah. more than half of his career, and he's got yeah. um, one of the most massive collections of music of, of just about any artist. So, I mean, he's got yeah. dozens yeah. of albums. His work you know. ethic is impeccable, man. <laughs> Sibo, yeah. man. Sibo could battle with Pac. Could battle with Tupac. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all eyes on me. Trade more stories. You know, we come from a time where, I mean, I know people know Pac is iconic, but we all come from a time where we was just us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Happy birthday to Pac, too. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to Pac. Pac. Right. Yeah, shout out. Yeah. But we come from that time to where you had to bring it. You know, it wasn't about the it wasn't about the name or the, you know, because cause that's that era. That's that era where everybody everybody had a target on their back. You know. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Uh, I'll tell you what, fellas. Uh, I really appreciate you guys. I, I'm going to give you guys the floor. Sin, thank you for calling in, man. I know you're out of the country plus out of your country, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's been real. We're gonna we're gonna end by giving them that song again. We gotta play it again. But I want to give you guys a floor first. Uh, Cocaine brother, you go first, man. All right, man. Appreciate you all the time, man. We brothers now. You know what I mean. And shout out to everybody that's tuned in. Very important. The Boogeyman single is out on all digital platforms. But in order to get the new Fire album by ALZF Architects Defunct. You got to go to the website. We Have Return will be available at www or is available at www.bud, E is in Eric, B-O-Y, music.com. That's www.buddyboymusic.com. We got albums. We got CDs. We got the whole kit and caboodle, USBs, whatever you need. Come along with us on this journey. Y'all know what it is. It's the architect of G Funk. That part. Well, oh, yeah. you know, he said it all. Man. Thanks for having me on, man. Again, man, you know, it's always a pleasure, man. And, you know, shout out to the world. Shout out to everybody who always supported Above the Law. Shout out to, you know, the, all the family out there. And, you know, and um, you know, God bless. And, you know, we love y'all, man, because y'all love us, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I tell you what, man. We we've been doing this, uh, you know, ten years now, and you guys have been a part of it since the jump. So I really appreciate you. You know. Um, That's right. Let's uh, let's keep it going as long as we can. Both you guys be safe. This is the boogeyman, architects of G Funk. Have returned, returned the true essence. 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 Anyone else funking under the G is under false pretense. Damn, no, my pedigree is just a G of me. It looks so nicely. You cannot fuck with me. Motherfucker, make the boogie man.
flow so sick, paranormal shit, riding on these niggas like John Wick, we make music for the G's up in the trenches, we in the game while you was the niggas warming up the benches, we like Shaggy Kobe, Kareem and Magic, busting sporadic, we hit them hard, collateral damage, the coldest that ever did it, admit it, I envision a vision, a high level nigga stayed on a mission, take close attention, we them niggas, bang out the truck, we from the land where we known to put the G in the farm, I'm from the P-O-M-O-N-A-T-O-U-N-T-Y-L-A We outside now, which one of y'all wanna fly? Keep the 6 foe hopping like a kangaroo Floating like a nigga off Gorilla Glove Now there's a lot of niggas fucking, but this shit sound bland It's Dr. Coke, it's time with black super 